Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are locked on Bucks. Your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com. I'm Eric Name, and as always, on the other side of this phone call is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. Um, really, actually, I am kind of fired up to watch this Bucks Pelicans game, which we'll uh, we'll give a get to a brief preview a little bit later, but. This is, you know, it's kind of weird. I've been watching the Bucks mostly suck for 25 years, <laughs> and I'm I'm always excited for the next game. I don't know why. I'm I, I that's the only possible way you can sustain yourself. You know, I don't know how many. You just gotta look forward. Po- always looking. Yeah, forward. yeah. I don't know how many posts I've written about the Bucks over the last nine years of uh, brew hoop, but uh, there's no way you can write that. Well, there are two ways. You, either you have just like so much self-loathing in your heart that you just you know hate right about it or (laughs) you are just a born kind of optimist i don't know i feel like i can swing kind of both ways a little bit but um but i am i i'm excited you know whatever they still have Giannis is averaging 23 9 and 5 all right i want to see him i want to see him put up you know 30 10 and 10 in new orleans tomorrow that's that's what i wake up for don't 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 talk to me about a possibility of a world without Giannis. Yeah, no, that's pretty. He's been pretty cool, um, pretty undeniably cool uh, thus far this season. So, uh, yeah, let's we can focus on that. Uh, I, I believe as we closed out our show on Monday. So Monday's episode, we discussed everything about the Bucks and and how things aren't going great. Uh, but at the end, I asked. I asked that both of us do a little bit of homework, um, which which is just silly because God knows we didn't. Um, but both of us should think we did. We did. We did talk about it before this broadcast, so we we're did. not completely we making it I up off, off top of our heads. Um, so we, I asked you, and I, I'm going to do the same to think for 24 hours about how we would get Jabari Parker going. He's struggling a little bit right now. Um, I believe he's been able to put up pretty much his averages. Uh, around or i guess what he put up last year not post all-star break to be clear um but what he was able to put up uh for the season last year i think it's around like 14 points still um 13 points which i like reject because like when and anytime i see people writing about jabari last year and being like oh he's he kind of he didn't improve because he averaged like the same raw numbers last year as the year before it's like come on yeah like that that's That's not the narrative of last season um, but yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, if, if he had just averaged 14 points a game the entire year, then yeah, he would just be kind of where he is. And well, I there wouldn't be a reason be we, there wouldn't be a reason for us to be somewhat disappointed or expecting. Well, more. not, dis- I mean, we, we, we would still be expecting obviously improvement, correct, but, correct. but yeah, it would be less, we would have, at least we wouldn't have clear evidence that he can be much more <laughs> than he's been right now. Right. Cause correct. even with. You know, basically being a third banana, he averaged 
basically, you know, I think he might actually led the league and barely or led the team in scoring after the all-star break at 19. There were, you know, Giannis, Chris and Jabari were all right around the same number. But um, but yeah, we know he can do better and, and he just hasn't. And you said, well, hey, Frank and Eric, smart guys you are. You try to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, because I feel like like, I feel like nothing is really solutions based. Everything is just we we see the results and then we just complain. And and I think that's that's the basic idea of being a fan is that you don't actually have to think of the solutions. You can just complain and say that the coach is terrible, the ideas are terrible, and you can just judge it from afar. But you don't actually actively have to think of something better. So. We're going to try to be proactive here, and we're going to try to think of something better. So, Frank, do you have some thoughts and or ideas? Well, I'm going to start with a really uh, – this one we don't need to talk about because we basically talked about it at length yesterday. But Jabari needs to get the ball. When he rebounds it, he needs to run. <laughs> when, yes. when, and, and when Giannis gets the ball, he needs to push it. Right. And it doesn't mean they need to sprint up the court every time they get the ball or every time, you know, there's a change of possession. But none of that uh, crosswalk stuff, none of that crosswalk. stuff. Yeah. None of the fake, fake running uh, across a crosswalk type stuff. Uh, Play with some purpose, some tempo. Get it across the line like you actually have something you really want to get into when you get across the line rather than you're just sort of procrastinating. I mean, it's basically the on-court version of procrastinating, I feel like, is (laughs) what the Bucs do when they're bringing the ball up the court. But, uh, yeah, so play, you know, and again, playing fast. Yeah, everybody wants more layups, blah, blah, blah. But you can't get layups if you don't push the ball at all. You know, I mean, you're you're just just not going to get as much. So that that would be my my first one, which probably doesn't serve much – much discussion i want to jump in on that i was going to say yeah go ahead and and it's not about getting layups to me at least it's about getting into the offense earlier so you can get better offense like the layups are awesome obviously i'm not going to turn down layups i'm not going to turn down dunks if you can get those go get those but if you can get the ball across at 21 and get into your offense by 18 then you have more options if the first thing you do goes wrong and that's not something they have right now so not just layups, better offense will occur if you get the ball up quicker. Continue. The other thing, and this is not, and again, this is also not a, uh, this is just a, for me, largely a Jabari thing, which is that we are seeing him so often getting the ball, you know, sometimes at the three-point line, sometimes inside three-point line, and his first reaction is always to put it on the floor and, you know, have a defender who's, like, backing up on him, and just he starts, like, you know, trying to trying to kind of bully his way in. And, you know, look, he that is a key part of his game. He can't just forget about that. But, you know, like we saw a number of times against the Pistons last night, if they're packing the paint, you know, just catch the ball and go up and take a, a spot up jump shot, you know, and I will accept a long two. OK, guys. Yeah, that's right. I'm done. I'll take a long two. I'd rather have a spot up three. But, you know, if they're leaving you open, just shoot. Just jack Jabari. Like we always, we've said it for two years. Take some bad shots with jump shots. It's fine. We know he can hit them. He's hit them his whole life. Um, it's not like you're asking Giannis and his snowflake jump shot to do the same thing for me. Um, I'd rather have Jabari doing that, but he just seems so intent. And it's, it's just, he's like a, it's like he's just got, he's like spooked from taking jump shots. And not taking any jump shots is not the way you are going to become consistent at shooting jump shots. And he's got to do it at some point. So, I I want Jabari to just settle for some shots, which is weird to say, but I think, you know, 
to get opponents to actually respect you a little bit, you got to prove you can do it. And we know he can. He can hit a jump shot. So anyway, that would be my second. To borrow a phrase from our good friend, Brett Cormenis, we need some shot equity. We we need some shot equity, Jabari. You have to take those shots, and yeah, I I, w- I would one hundred percent agree on that one. And and I think the big thing is is that I don't think anyone in the Bucks organization would be mad at it. And in fact, I think they're encouraging him to shoot it. It, it there, there's little to me that would suggest at this point that the Bucks are actively telling Giannis and Jabari don't shoot it. And and again, we've been in the conversation a million times like, well, that's how they, in their first year, that's what they told them to do, and now it's had adverse effects on them. That, okay, fine, whatever. But at this point, they're being told to shoot the ball, so they should shoot the ball, and they should shoot jumpers. Like, the entire organization wants it. Just go for it. Like, And if you're not super comfortable right now, you'll get more comfortable. Like, just start doing it. That's the only way that you can get more comfortable in that jump shot. And I like that Giannis actually, against the Pistons, and and eventually, you know, he kind of struggled in the fourth quarter, maybe was just running out of gas. But, you know, third quarter, he just sort of said, okay, you know what? Like, you guys are going to lay off. I'm going to take my time, and I'm just going to take some jump shots. And Jabari, it seems almost like when guys lay off him and he starts putting the ball down, it's almost like, he can't resist the challenge of like, oh, you're going to back off me? Well, I'm, <laughs> like I'm coming at you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so so that that's tough. And and look, I, you know, again, I, I wish I was smart enough to say, you know, here, here are these X's and O's plays that can get Jabari easy buckets. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not, right? I'm not a basketball coach. I'm not going to act like I know more about you know, uh, setting up an offense than Joe Prunty and Jason Kidd. Okay, I don't. Does this offense look like, you know, over the last two, three years that it is one that is primed to create a high-efficiency offense? No. Um, Do they, have they showed, you know, the ability to get guys to play in ways that will make it better? Not really. Not seeing more threes. Not seeing more tempo. Um, And so those are sort of symptomatic, I think, of, you know, more complex issues and and i don't know i mean show me some more inventiveness right um we haven't really seen much creativity or guys doing cool stuff which yeah that's a stupid fan way of saying it but (laughs) you know the, the it's it's pretty much bully ball and guys you know taking long twos and doing all sorts of other shit that like we know is like never going to get you a good effective offense in 2016 so I don't know who I don't know if it's players, I don't know if it's coaches, I don't care, right? But somebody's got to do something different. Um and I mean I will say this. I mean I I like seeing Jabari in different places. I like that he gets some post-ups. I like that he gets some elbow touches. We've seen, you know, a few kind of 4-5 pick and rolls. I yeah. mean, it, it, you know, in the absence of brilliant, you know, Popovichian play calling and creativity, then just variety for the sake of variety. And if one thing isn't working, do different things. I'm, I'm fine with that as a fan. Like, a, you know, maybe it doesn't work and turn things yeah. around, but like at least you're trying different things. So I don't mind that they've, you know, looked to get Jabari some post touches. Um, the one thing I would say that, you know, uh, you certainly of all people uh, have been dismayed by because it's discredited the nickname you gave Jabari. It really hurts. But me. I'm, I'll just leave you to this. But baseline Bari has been MIA so far. And I don't know what if you've thought how much you've thought about it, but um, maybe all this time spent sort of at the top of the key, 
uh, is taking away from from Jabari playing in one of the spots that you know normally you think of as being more of an afterthought, but actually um, could be another way to kind of you know give a different look to the defense. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I've tweeted out baseline Bari once. I believe it was in the opener, and I believe it was in the first half of the opener. So it's been a, actually I know it was. It was on that reverse layup where he kind of got underneath up and, and under yeah. did that little up and under and yeah every that. every by the way every other baseline bari that we've seen in this year other than that was jabari driving to his left because he only drives left for whatever reason jabari taking the ball in the left corner driving to his left jumping up getting out of bounds and then having to throw a pass while he's in the air flying out of bounds Correct. not threatening any type of scoring action which you know can create can create looks right like you can i think he's he had at least one decent assist yeah finding i think maybe plumbly under the basket but um but yeah it's a little disheartening because it just seems like the same thing over and over again yeah and and i guess with baseline bari is you're not going to see him creating as much like i i I was having this conversation with someone in the comment section today, I can't remember who, or maybe it was on Twitter, I don't know. I have a lot of Bucks conversations. Um, but with Bari, you you have creating, which is he has the ball and he's the one that's trying to do something with it. And you have finishing, which for him is catch and dunk pretty much. Or at least, I mean, it could also be catch and shoot, but he doesn't do a lot of that. So it's pretty much catch on the baseline and shoot. And since he's above the break so often now, because the Bucks are trying to give him more playmaking responsibilities. We don't get to see him on the baseline finishing those cuts and being able to do something there. So I guess it's just going to be, I think it's a bit of an internal struggle where you need him to start learning how to do more playmaking and, or I should say you want him to start doing more playmaking because that makes him a more valuable player and you want him to be able to create for himself because that makes him a more valuable player. And this year you need him to do that because you don't have Chris Middleton. But from a purely results standpoint, he's very good at catching the ball on the baseline and dunking. He He's fantastic at it. Uh, so it, it's just kind of tough to figure out, is that development more important? Is it more important for him to actually learn how to create um or is it more important for him to have some confidence and throw down on a couple guys and then all of a sudden maybe that makes him a little bit more confident when he gets a catch above the break um but yeah like you said there's there's not i mean we're not going to be able to have perfect answers for what their current offense is trying to do and we'll never know their x's and o's other than from kind of what we can see um but one thing you mentioned was do something cool and I think there's and a simple I, request. No, but I do think it, I do think it's actually smart. Like when I'm watching league pass and I go, Oh, to a play that ends in a mid range jumper or a layup or something that's not a highlight play. It's because I'm seeing them do something cool. I'm seeing Terry Stotts run three guys off a double screen. And then the second guy catches it and, flips it to another guy for a handoff into a ball screen. And I'm like, whoa, that was cool. I haven't seen action like that before. And the Blazers got something out of it. So they're doing something that even if it's just a set and it's not their entire offense, it's just a set. It's something where I go, oh, that was cool. Like the other night when they ran that inverted pick and roll or inverted pick and pop with Giannis in Delhi and he got Delhi a top of the key three on the pick and pop on one of the first possessions of the game against the Pistons. I said, Oh, 
that was cool. Like you don't normally see the inverted pick and roll, and that was something the Cavaliers did. So I think it was something both you and I were looking for. So there are creative ways to get guys involved. Um, it's just a matter of drawing them up and kind of doing them. So uh, I, I think both you and I have complained about the creativity and the spaces that these players are put in offensively uh, under Jason Kidd. And I, I think this season with limited creators, limited playmakers, and maybe not as much talent on the roster, well, certainly not as much talent on the roster, uh, you've sort of seen that manifest itself. And uh, I, I guess we'll just have to see how they can try to find ways to break out of that. And especially in Jabari's case, try to find ways to make him more comfortable. Yeah. We need to get some deli oops to Jabari. Um, I, like I think the Cav was the Cavaliers. Uh, somebody wrote a piece about like, you know, it was like offensive, like actions to like, like cool offensive actions to watch for in the NBA. And, and one of them, I think was a Cavaliers play where basically it's like a pick and roll from, uh, from the strong side. And then, um, you get basically a, a guy from the weak side corner streaking in for, for an alley-oop. So it's, it's, you know, basically instead of going yeah. to the roll man, you kind of go for the, for the far side guy and, and yeah. hope that, that his defender is sort of caught asleep. And it is kind of weird. Jabari, I feel like he, you never really see him being an an, uh, an alley oop finisher, um, and part of it is because he's not he hasn't really been a role man. And obviously, role men are you know tend to get yep. be the guy who do, who does that like like Plumley. Um, but uh, I don't know. Just it, it was funny. I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was in the Pistons game. Um, Delhi actually threw an alley oop. It was like Jabari. Um, I forget if it was like if he was flashing to the high post and then he like spun back or maybe it was like just a back screen and he was kind of running like middle like diving yeah. towards the rim and and like delhi threw it but then there, there was like a help guy and jabari wasn't even like didn't even seem to know that it was coming or something well they like that. got that in the preseason one time where jabari was coming up the lane and then kind of just went just quick turnaround back to the basket and got that alley-oop and so i i think it there is something there and delhi yeah. Delhi is a relatively good lob thrower, yeah. or at least what we've seen in the limited sample size. I know coming into the season, we were debating whether or not he's a good lob thrower or not, but he does appear to be so. Yeah, it appears of, to be good. Some of I them think are we've ugly, confirmed it. but yeah, I, I think, think we've confirmed good. it. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, how, how like stereotypically, how stereotypical like fan is it that we are part of our solution for getting Jabari uh, <laughs> off is to, uh, is to throw him alley-oops. Yes. Okay. That yep. sounds really corny, but you know, I don't know. Just ideas, spitballing. One of many things that 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 Jabari <laughs> might be able to do. Um, anything else that you can think of? That um, so we've got tempo. We've yep. got Jabari Jackin shooting yep. threes in, in particular, but also just jump shots when he's open. Um, I think continued variety is the spice of life. Yep. Uh, the return of baseline Bari. Yep. Maybe uh, alley oops to baseline Bari. Um, oh, the last one I was going to say is this is kind of interweaved with the tempo, but I thought a lot during the preseason when Jabari was putting up all those numbers, a lot of the times he was catching pretty much on a side that was cleared out, and it was cleared out because all the action was on the other side. So say there was a pick and roll, and then Giannis pick and roll in the middle, and uh, Jabari is the lone person on the right side. He swings it to the right side, and then Jabari has right baseline dunk. I, I think we, we saw that sequence a couple times against the Mavericks preseason. And I, I guess, one, you need to be able to get the ball to the second side. 
that would help. So that's part of the pace we were talking about. Um, but just kind of trying to find situations where Jabari has more of a head start than seeing a set defense. Uh, and I guess that kind of just means bring down the number of dribbles Jabari has each touch. Um, but if you can find situations where he already has a little bit of a head start, he's so quick that if he has a head start on a four, and I mean even on some threes, that he can get to the rim with ease. So uh, trying to find situations where you can clear out a side and have him already on the move would would also be helpful. Jabari on the move is a good thing. Um, why don't we put put an end to the Jabari talk? Uh, clearly, if Jabari doesn't score 30 points in the next game, then um, you know, apparently nobody on the Buck staff is listening to our brilliant ideas on Which this really podcast. Which really hurts me. Would really, me. really be shocking. Um, <laughs> but anyway, fingers crossed. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we know Jabari can score at a high level in the NBA. Um, I mean, does Chris Middleton being gone, does that hurt him more than Giannis? I think it certainly does just because Jabari's, you know, not a guy who um, is a primary kind of ball handler, obviously. So, so I think with Giannis, there is more of that effect of him just getting the ball more, getting more touches and, and, and whatever. Not that he doesn't, you know, he, he isn't served well by having a guy that Chris, you know, be able to space the floor, but, um, but anyway, we'll, we'll watch. And so we will get our next chance to watch on Tuesday night against the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, a team that, uh, is own three and can relate to the idea of missing uh, not just one key player, but multiple key players, Drew Holiday, um, currently out. Uh, you know, he's obviously had lots of injury problems, but I guess uh, currently his, his wife um, gave birth and then she had, I believe, a brain tumor, uh, had some kind of uh, um, uh, surgery that she was having, you know, a serious situation. You know, she's a former uh, women's national team player. She's an yeah. um, elite athlete herself. And um, I, I don't, I haven't heard anything. I think if, I think it, everything went. Yeah, they okay. removed the brain tumor, to... and okay. it sounds like she's on the right track. But obviously, uh, kind of a scary situation. And then yeah. she was pregnant at the same time, so uh, obviously concerns about the child and whether or not that would be okay. So, um, uh, Drew, I, I believe Drew Holiday is kind of gone until he decides to come back. Which, damn right, <laughs> that's your family. That that would be what would matter. So. Uh, yeah, he, he's still out with just with his family. Yeah. Um, yeah. So had the baby in September, a month later, successfully removed the tumor. So, you know, fingers crossed, all good things. Um, so with Holiday out, Tyreek Evans had, you know, I think his third surgery in a year on his knee. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out for some extended period as well. Uh, Quincy Pondexter, I feel like he's been out with a knee injury for the last five years, practically. Um, Another kind of guy who's been pretty key for them. So they have this lineup. Um, Tim Frazier starting at point guard. Tim Frazier on my fantasy team, by the way. Uh, Hey, that's not bad right now. We got got crushed by by Dan Sinclair's team. I I don't even know how we just got like annihilated. But uh, Tim Frazier has been good. Um, kind of sneaky, does a lot of different stuff. Kind of, uh, there is something kind of Ish Smith like about him. He's kind of like small and mm, yeah, you know, just fills the box score. I think he's a better shooter than Ish. Um, but another guy who uh, you know can push tempo. The the uh, Pelicans are second in the NBA in pace. Although interestingly, they are I think minus four per game in transition points. So not necessarily running effectively. <laughs> Uh, and the rest of their lineup maybe can help explain why. So uh, right now, uh, probable starters listed as Etwan Moore at shooting guard. I mean, a guy that I think we both we liked, liked. Yeah. nominally as like a bench type guy. Um, 
And then Solomon Hill, who's getting paid twelve million a year and is averaging three points and two rebounds, and you know is generally just sort of defending and doing nothing else. Uh, and obviously this Anthony Davis character, who's averaging a bajillion points and uh, pretty much the only uh, guy who does anything uh, <laughs> other, <laughs> well, other than maybe Tim Frazier on the Pelicans right now, and then Omar Ashik, who's also just sort of like you know not doing much of anything frank uh, i just got an idea i just got an idea so on twitter today i put out a poll who has been the bucks second best player thus far and gave some options etc um so what i want to do is i want to do a draft real quick here i want you to pick one player you get full rosters full pelicans rosters full bucks rosters minus anthony davis minus Giannis adetokounmpo so you need the first pick, and it, I'm not. You don't have either of those other guys. You don't have Giannis or Anthony Davis, so don't factor them in. You just have to pick one of them. Who are you taking from either the Bucks or Pelicans roster? Anyone on those rosters that's currently active. So none of the injured guys are out guys. Um, not name Anthony Davis or Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, like for like my franchise or to like just win one game? Uh, let's go win one game. Because that, well, that speaks I, better to how they're yeah, doing right I now. Mean, I mean, right now, I think Tim Frazier is probably the, the next best player on either, on either team. Um, <sighs> which is sad. I mean, I, I uh, guess is delhi the second best player on the bucks right now i was gonna say uh, greg i i thought maybe yeah greg. that's yeah uh, but yeah i don't feel good about it i mean i i would i would probably say jabari just because we just came up with all these different easy <laughs> brilliant incisive ways to get him more involved and so clearly smart basketball people will figure that out and he'll be back to scoring a lot of points soon um but yeah it's not a great not a great uh supporting cast for sorry for the detour but i I just had to kind of let people know what what the bucks will be dealing with tomorrow night that like there is a mirror uh a a sort of mirror image of one player attempting to do a whole lot for one team with not so much help uh on each side yeah and you know i don't know the pelican this is why i've always felt like the pelicans made sense to go after monroe because they just don't have any good players um and you know, Buddy Healed. It's early, um, but Buddy Healed uh, is currently on the Rashad Vaughn development track. Uh, he is uh, has a PER of one point five two. He is let's see, over cold, over eight uh, in his NBA career. I mean, he's due to basically like score twenty against the Bucks <laughs> on Tuesday night. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of a bit of a Buddy skeptic just because. I just don't think he does anything but but shoot and shooting is very important. But, um, you know, it's surprising how often uh, guys who are great shooter scorers in college kind of don't necessarily adapt to being more role player type guys. Um, and I don't want to say I don't think Buddy Heald is Jimmer Fredette. OK, to be clear. But yeah, uh, but that that happens. You know, I mean, Rashad Vaughn was I mean, he wasn't a great shooter in college. He wasn't a Buddy Heald shooter in college, but he certainly wasn't. The, what we've seen in the nba um so anyway so yeah so the it's an interesting you know matchup because i mean the bucks have lost 14 straight games in new orleans which is like insane like if you had told i mean if you had said 14 straight i'd like did the pelicans even wait i'd be like wait a minute were they in charlotte (laughs) like what 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 um so i don't know i mean this is this is a 
golden opportunity to win a road game against a team that's struggling. But I guess the question is, well, you know what the question is. If you're the Bucks, how do you stop Anthony Davis? And I guess <laughs> you just kind of pray, I guess. I don't know, Eric. What do you what do you do? What do you do to stop Anthony Davis? Who who defends Anthony Davis? Oh wow. Um the whole team. Uh, <laughs> uh I mean just look at his averages. 37, 12, two and a half assists, <laughs> three blocks, three steals a game right now. That he's he's absolutely insane. But uh, those are those are Greg Monroe steal numbers he's putting up right now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um but yeah, I guess so I gotta pick one Bucks player. Um I guess from the projected starters, I'm gonna go Giannis. Um and man, that's uh, that's pretty brutal. Um, but I guess just kind of try to. Uh, I mean, the buck. We talked a little bit before the podcast, and you were like, "Well, the Bucks do double quite a bit, probably more than most teams." So um, more than probably you should in the modern NBA. Yeah. Uh, so for the love of Christ, please send double. all. Yeah. <laughs> this is one situation where it probably makes some sense. Um, I mean, hopefully in two years, Thon Maker can, can defend uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, Giannis is Anthony Davis's size, more or less. I think yeah. he might be slightly, might not have quite the same length. He's not as strong. Um, but it would be interesting to see if, if they do try to put Giannis on him because putting Jabari on Anthony Davis just oh. seems like cruel and unusual punishment given yeah. uh, all the other kind of stuff. You know, if it, uh, yeah, that, that probably wouldn't be great. Although, who I mean, they could also put Miles Plumley on him and put Jabari on like Omar Ashik and just say, yeah, if you want to try to post up Omar Ashik, go ahead yeah. and, you know, we'll gladly deal with Omar Ashik hook shots over uh, Anthony Davis. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see. They, I mean, they, I don't know if you saw, I watched part of the, that when they played the Warriors and they were kind of in that game. Um, that, that was when Davis, I think, had like, I don't know, 45 or something like yeah. that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just kind of absurd. Uh, uh, you know, just like what he was doing to Draymond Green and, and all these other guys. Um, but I, the Frazier is interesting because they, they definitely play just kind of like loose and open. And uh, I don't know. It's just like it, I, it was just kind of it was definitely an entertaining game to watch. But obviously this team is uh, is struggling mightily. They're they're minus 10 points per 100 right now. Uh, their offense is 29th in the NBA. Um, so, you know, being. Having one guy who can score 37 points per game is uh, is not you know automatically conducive towards uh, being a good offense, um, but they are 14th in in defense, so they've defended a bit. Um, but clearly, offense is a problem, and it's a problem for both teams. They, I mean, they have played some teams though. Uh, the 0 and 3 on the season, uh, but Denver to start, who I think some teams or some people think is a fringe playoff team, Golden State, and then San Antonio. So. They've uh they've played some teams. Th- those are those are some some decent uh some decent opponents. They haven't played the Nets yet. Although the Nets have been respectable. So no, no, uh, don't. No, okay. Um <laughs> any other final thoughts? Ah, this I mean, you know, I, I mean I I'm on record. I'm I'm not that worried about the record this year, but uh just to like uh, there, the, I feel like there's just a lot of festering wounds in in Bucks Nation right now. There are. It would be it would be really nice to to see this team actually put together, a, especially on a coherent offensive night. Have Giannis Jabari both go off a bit um, and get a you know break that that long losing streak in uh, in New Orleans. And you know what? That's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen, Frank. Oh, 
Look at that. Eric Name sort of making a prediction. Um, well, it's I mean, Jabari can't be this mediocre forever. He's going to get lucky at least one of these nights. So hopefully, uh, it's going to happen. It's Tuesday night. All right. That's it for us. We figured out all the world's problems. Uh, <laughs> come back to us soon. In fact, tomorrow. And uh, hopefully, we'll have had a chance to talk about what we saw against the Pelicans. For Locked on Bucks, I'm Frank Madden. That's Eric Name. Subscribe to us. We're the only place to get a daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. For better or worse, we're talking <laughs> about the Milwaukee Bucks every day. Um, and so subscribe on iTunes, Locked on Bucks, or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review. We appreciate them. We'll get back to uh, checking out some reviews uh, hopefully later this week. Anyway, for Eric, I'm Frank. Take care. Enjoy the game.